coming up on Philosophy Talk. This is HBC News. Philosophy and pop culture. A right to die debate is heating up in Colorado, where Kenny McCormick's feeding tube has been removed by his BFF. South Park is one of the shows that takes on sacred cows and kicks the hell out of them. I'm going to get that feeding tube removed if I have to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Carson! Kenny's BFF says that Kenny didn't want to be kept alive artificially. The courts have determined we must obey his wish. Popular culture is something that people are already interested in, so you don't have to get them interested in that. Our guest is Richard Hanley from the University of Delaware. It's mostly a sneak attack. I don't really care underneath how well uh, the pop culture itself presents the issues. I'm more interested in the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. Is Kenny today's Christ figure? Philosophy and pop culture. Coming up on Philosophy Talk, after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything except your intelligence. I'm John Barry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Today, Philosophy Talk is on the road. We're recording the program in front of a live audience in the Gore Recital Hall at the University of Delaware's Roselle Center for the Arts. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. Yes, we're on the road again, but wherever we record the program, our thinking originates at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Our topic today is philosophy and pop culture. Hey, Ken, isn't that a bit of an oxymoron? Philosophy is high culture, about as high culture as you can get. But John, philosophy is making real inroads into pop culture. There's a whole series of books on philosophy and pop culture covering topics like hip-hop and philosophy, Star Trek and philosophy, Monty Python and philosophy, the Atkins diet and philosophy, even South Park and philosophy. Ah, come on, isn't that just a clever scheme to make money off the intellectual cachet of philosophy and the thousands of people that are listening to philosophy talk and getting interested in philosophy? Can pop culture actually teach us anything about philosophy? For that matter, could philosophy teach us anything about pop culture? John, you know, philosophy is the new cool, man. Seriously, lots of important philosophical ideas get played out in pop culture. There are lots of movies and TV shows that explore the paradoxes of time travel, or puzzles about personal identity, or the nature of right and wrong. Take the Matrix movies, for example. At the core of that, those movies, there's a really famous philosophical thought experiment. That would be the problem of the brain in the vat. How do you know that you aren't a brain suspended in a vat full of liquid in a laboratory and wired to a computer that's feeding you your current experiences? How do you know you're not? Hundreds of amazingly dull and detailed articles have been written in the philosophy journals about just that question. Yeah, and this movie's really about that question. But you know, it's not just these puzzles and paradoxes. It's also the philosophical attitude that's made its way into popular culture. I mean, we like to say that our program, for example, is the program that questions everything except Except your your intelligence. intelligence. But there's a TV show that embodies the same questioning spirit. Guess what it is? Probably The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. His skeptical, questioning attitude enables him to see through intellectual fraud and pretense. Well, that's a good guess, but I was actually thinking of a show that's a, a little less highbrow than The Daily Show, with a much harder edge, and is done in, well, frankly, 
quite poor taste. Poorer taste than The Daily Show? Now what could that be? Well, that would be South Park. Stan, Cartman, Kyle, and Kenny jointly embody, they, they embody a deeply philosophical spirit. I mean, they're the kind of guys who aren't afraid to, to label BS, BS when they see it, no matter who they have to offend in so doing, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us to listen or watch, that's the very soul of philosophy, man. Refusing to be taken in by fraud and pretense, refusing to comfort even the tormented and the afflicted. Good Lord, Ken. South Park is philosophy? They not only question BS, they pick it up in their hands and throw it at each other. <laughs> Do you really believe that's where the future of philosophy lies? Well, well I, don't, I don't know. I can't say I'm a real big fan of South Park, but our guest, Richard Hanley, is. I mean, he's an expert on philosophy and pop culture in general, and philosophy and South Park in particular. I mean, he actually founded the discipline of philosophy and pop culture, I think you could say. He'll be joining us in a little bit. Wow, a discipline founder joining us. That's thrilling. I'm going to ask him. What, what's going on here? Is, is it really philosophy going to benefit from popular culture, or is he just trying to make a quick buck? And in our second segment, we'll take a less cynical uh, turn and dig into some examples of ph philosophical ideas and attitudes showing up in pop culture, from South Park to The Matrix, from Monty Python to Lord of the Rings. And after that, we will look closely at an age-old area of pop culture's engagement with philosophy, namely the puzzles and paradoxes of time travel. How has philosophy dealt with them, and how have they been dealt with in science fiction? But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Zoe Corneli, looks at philosophy in other pop culture quarters. She files this report. Steve Gimbel is a professor of philosophy at Gettysburg College. But before he embarked on that career, he spent several years doing what many misfit youth before him had done. He followed the Grateful Dead. It really was a laboratory for social experimentation, alternative ways of living, and no matter how weird you were, there was somebody who was weirder. Gimbel didn't abandon his rebellious spirit when he got tenure. He's the author of The Grateful Dead and Philosophy, Getting High, Minded, About Love and Hate. That's hate like the street in San Francisco. The book manages to attach philosophy to various aspects of the dead's lyrics and lifestyle. One chapter looks at the song Lady with a Fan. Eyes alight with glowing hair, all the fancy paints as fan. She takes her fan and throws in the lion's den. In the story, you've got a storyteller who tells the story of a beautiful woman with a fan that gets thrown into a lion's den. And she challenges two men, whoever comes out with the fan. I will marry. And one realizes this is dangerous, I could really get hurt, this is stupid, and opts against. The other embraces the danger, comes out, and ends up with the woman. And the question then, the storyteller, as the song goes, makes no choice. You decide who is wise. That's how it stands today. You decide he was wise. That question then is, you know, it clearly is a larger allegory for how to live. And you get these concerns about how it is that we go about making our choices on a day-to-day -day basis. 
At times, it seems like the authors are using the Grateful Dead as a vehicle or even an excuse to talk about philosophical concepts that already exist. But Gimbel insists there's something philosophical about the very essence of the dead. He says whenever norms are being challenged, there's philosophy to be done. Philosophy really is sort of the CSI of the intellectual world. It's not until everything is suddenly burned down, until there's a body, suddenly it's like, uh-oh, get the philosophers, what just happened? And now for something completely different. Another book in the same vein is Monty Python and Philosophy, Nudge Nudge, Think Think. Gary Hardcastle from Bloomsburg University co-edited that volume. He says not all pop culture lends itself to philosophical analysis. But with Money Python, you know, it's, it's just an afternoon's work with a cup of coffee and it all falls out pretty quickly. He says that's because a lot of Monty Python's comedy overtly deals with problems that analytic philosophers struggle with. There's a, a skit where Michael Palin plays a hijacker in a plane. And uh, you see, you see the, the cockpit in the plane, and in comes from the back Michael Palin. And uh, what he says is, All right, don't anybody move. But right away, he and all the people in the cockpit, they all question whether or not that's possible. In fact, they, they all together begin to talk about, well, you know, what, what counts as movement exactly? I mean, one couldn't, for example, stop one's insides from moving. No, no, right? good point. No. <laughs> the very fact that the plane is continuously vibrating means that we're all moving to a certain extent. <laughs> and uh, we're all moving our lips, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the, the whole skit is an analysis of the word move, what it means to move, in such a way that nobody moves is true, and yet, of course, you know, other things happen. And it is very much, I mean, if you open up Wittgenstein or, or uh, a number of uh, philosophers, particularly from ordinary language philosophy, what they're doing looks a lot like the Money Python skit. Hardcastle says looking for those kinds of connections is valuable. I, I think there's a fair amount of popular culture and philosophy work which really reminds us that the questions that philosophers are concerned about have their roots in everyday life. And of course, everyday life is, is what popular culture is about and reflects back to us. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Zoe Corneli. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.